Love burgers and pizza. Wanna see me eat some? Hello and welcome to the Christmas episode of Bring a Plate. My name is Peter Taggart. And I'm Rebecca Shaw. Rebecca. Yes. You didn't think of a Christmas name for yourself. How I run on Twitter changes at Christmas name. I'm Peter Tinsel. (laughs) That's your that's your drag name as well. (laughs) I would have changed mine to the Brockle Snitch that stole Christmas. You've thought about this. That's why you asked me so you could bring no, something you've already No, I tweeted that the other day. Okay, that I, I, cool. I was like, I'm not participating in this. Let's make this um, podcast just things that you've tweeted through the week. That would be the most popular podcast of all, all right. time. Beck, we are here mm. outside Kmart. I don't know if you can hear all the fucking screaming children. You know what's the worst thing about Christmas? Happy children. <laughs> there are a lot of those. We're waiting in line to see uh, Santa, St. Yep. Nick. Satan. Saint Nick. Uh, do you think, do you think it's going to be okay if we both sit on his lap at the same time? No, definitely not. Do you think he'll be too aroused? <laughs> well, I would be. Um, I think there's some sort of, it must be like some sort of weight limit, like if you're on a scooter. Kid Santa died. His penis was crushed. <laughs> his left leg is flat. Elderly people <laughs> sat on his legs. Back, uh, you've been away so long. Where have you been? I have been to... Oh, you brought out the slide project. Here we go. <laughs> this is for later. Yeah. It's only four hours and I play oh, wind good. beneath my wings four hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was in United States of America. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big place. It was good. Oh, good story. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you've been on Radio National over the summer with that one. Well, yeah. Mm. I'm writing a... um. I'm starting a blog where I'm just going to remember things this that happened. This is Conversations with Richard Fyfer. It is, yes. <laughs> welcome. Beck, uh, <clears throat> while you've been away, <clears throat> seeing Amanda Seyfried. While you've been sleeping. While you've been sleeping, I fell in love with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Good joke for three or four people who watched that in the it's last It's a classic. Week. Yep. It's so creepy. Um, Amanda you know, Seyfried. Yes, I did see her. You saw Amanda say, yeah. Seyfried, Seyfried. Say, right, Say, said Fred. Right, said Fred. We, <laughs> yes. st- we said that joke before. Let's repeat it. Um, it's a good one. I was here in Australia. Mm-hmm. What celebrities did you see? Masturbating constantly while you're away. <laughs> oh, God. You can only do it when I'm out of the country. <laughs> yes. I had to get him 12 months worth. <laughs> I never know when you'll pop around. <laughs> um, it's so hot in here. It's so hot. We are lacking Kmart. PowerPoints and we can't have the fan on, so we are melting into a puddle on the floor. We're like the snowmen. We're going to stand next to Santa We're in and Kmart melt into still, the remember? Kmart. Wink. The air conditioning's off. It's terrible. This is terrible. Okay. I, I, ha- I do have to tell you, while you're away, I I did listen to a new podcast. There's uh, a new podcast what? on the block. Uh-huh. You listen to other ones beside ours? I do. Mostly just ours. So I, yeah. My pipes. <laughs> Fast forward. I have, an old, I have my own... Um, mic track just on a separate <laughs> podcast that I listen to constantly. Um, you fall I asleep. And 
I was listening to a new podcast, and I I apologise that I don't know the proper name, oh, but I'm calling it the Campbell Kalia podcast. Now, <laughs> Tim Campbell mm-hmm. and his lovely partner, Anthony Kalia. Now, Tim Campbell is a showman, mu- musicals guy. I would call him a – well, he was a singer. Right. I don't know what he was on. I think he was on Home and Away as well. He's he always on, like, Christmas Carol yes, ones. Yes, and so is Anthony Kalia. It um, is called the Campbell Kalia Podcast. Is it? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so you're right. Okay, so the Campbell Kalia Podcast is like an advice podcast and people For write him. in <laughs> and ask um, these two uh, <laughs> Fat wonderful homosexual men for advice, as you do. They look like a wonderful couple. They're very handsome. Yes. <laughs> I don't look – here's the thing, is another podcast, but – I don't want to say anything out of class, school term. I don't want to say anything out of school term about <laughs> Anthony Kalia and Tim Campbell. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't want to make any suggestions about their sex life. Okay, good. Well, I think about it a lot. <laughs> not in Especially the, sex- the past month. <laughs> and not in a sexual way, might I add. I just think about it in a very grisly and violent way. Um <laughs> But their podcast is garbage. <laughs> oh my god! And I and I, this is coming from someone who's listened to it for literally five minutes, and who is on a garbage podcast. And I have, and from a garbage <laughs> podcast, so garbage recognizes garbage. Okay. And it's the old I've been very envious of your war with Ruby Rose. Yep. So I've decided to start my own war on behalf of this podcast with the Camel Clear podcast, and I've got to tell you, we could. Pick easier targets. I know the uh, men at the Gather Around Me podcast would fucking love it if we started a war with them. And that's exactly why I'm not starting a war with them. <laughs> they would enjoy it too much. Show them. But I am starting a war with Tim Campbell and Anthony Kalia. And I've got to say, come at me, fatheads. <laughs> so you're one Who man. would write in and ask them for advice? Would you fucking hit your head on the concrete? <laughs> How do I stop falling over and hitting my head on concrete? <laughs> well, I, ca- I haven't heard it, so I can't, I can't talk with as much venom as you. <laughs> the other thing that's happened in, I'm going to say, recent hours oh. is, well, by the time people listen to this, who knows, in a year when it's before a royal commission, <laughs> uh, Beyonce oh. has dropped a secret album. How does she and do it? It is amazing. <laughs> Beyonce just saved Christmas for everybody. <laughs> Don't you think? It was pretty exciting. It's have you have you seen much of it? And and I say seen because there's like seventeen bloody music videos in there. Yeah. It's crazy. I immediately went to look at her thighs oh. <laughs> in to see in which video shows <laughs> The thighs the most. Gloria Steinem, if you're just going to objectify women <laughs> on this podcast, um, you're going to have to walk away. But I, cause, because she dropped it at like midnight no, well, American in America, time. Yesterday, so, time, around our time. Yeah, yeah so I, I assume she did it for us. Yes. Like not for the American audience, just for the Australian yes. audience. Um, and I started seeing a few little tweets filter through about... It's Beyonce? Just Beyonce question mark? I, I don't know how and when she did it. There are so many videos. Some of them are quite involved. Yeah. I can only assume it was while she was on a big tour that she filmed all of this sort of stuff. Well, she had that one in Melbourne that she went. And 
I've got a fucking thing to say about okay. that. So when that Melbourne thing happened mm-hmm. where she was in a fur coat and she was out some mm-hmm. side, outside some poor old bitch's house, <laughs> yeah. remember her on the news? She's like, Beyonce, what? They just paid me $50. And she's got her like half a tiny little grey head Aww. out the door and she's like, who? Who came to my house? Like she's all damaged like somebody slapped her around the head. God. I know. It was so oh, After Beyonce, like a dodgy plumber took her for $4,000. <laughs> on the current affair. Um, but yeah, so that Melbourne thing happened. Mm-hmm. She was standing outside a lady's house and everyone's like, oh, it's just a Beyonce photo shoot. Fucking Melbourne, you're full of fucking idiots. No, it wasn't a photo shoot. You gave us the wrong fucking information. I know. We could have known about this months ago. We could have got, we could have been there. You fucking idiots. <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne. We're war with Melbourne now. Look, I'm starting a war with, I'm <clears> going there next year, but I, you're all fucking idiots. <laughs> Pick up your game before I arrive. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, it's a photo. It's a photo shoot, except there's moving cameras. <laughs> photo shoot. Jesus Christ. Men want to do her and listen to her music, yeah. and women want to bay her. <laughs> anyway, <Yes>. so. <laughs> uh, and she looks amazing. She does look amazing. How does she look so good? Why shouldn't she look that good? I don't know. She, it's just not human. She's too good to be of this world. I, I have a number of favourite sort of songs on it already. I like Pretty Hurts, where oh, she that's plays a good like a, a beauty queen. I listened to the one that she sang yeah. with or to the baby. Oh, we blew Ivy. it right at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not as good as Just the Two of Us by Will Smith. No. Well, <laughs> who sang on Just the Two of Us? Was it Jaden? No, it was the uh, Trey, the oldest one. Oh. The he's not the Halle Berry. He's Barry not on the scene one. anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. He did that and then they gave him away. <laughs> he's wherever that um, head Scientologist wife is. You know, the one that disappeared. <laughs> They're in the same place. They probably are. Do you have anything else to discuss? Um, just that I saw Amanda Seyfried and she's stunning. And Justin Long was there. As well. <laughs> That's oh, and Justin Long was there, I, took I suppose. The photo that was – we got a photo of Justin Long, Amanda Seyfried and her dog, uh-huh. and then on Instagram I cut out Justin Long. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. He's so skinny. He's skinnier than her. her he's his boring. Wrists. He's bloody, you know, shredded wheat of a human being. Yeah, he looks Ugh. sick and I was like – He looks sick. And I wanted to just take her away. I to give money to his charity. Yeah. Beck. Mm. You know what it's time for. The last time of the year, of 2013, it's time for News Minute. This is News Minute. I'm Rebecca Shaw. Yesterday, the internet went into hysterical meltdown after the amazing Beyonce released a new album with absolutely no warning. Her husband Jay-Z released a statement saying, I feel you guys, this is just like when she farts in bed. Pope Francis was named Time's Person of the Year this week, and I was all, really? It's so obvious Time only chose him for the slutty cover photo. Prime Minister Tony Abbott has marked 100 days in the top job. When asked what he thought his biggest achievement had been in those first 100 days, Mr Abbott replied, Defo my glutes. Holden has announced it will close its manufacturing operations by 2017. I'm mourning the loss as a personal one because a Holden was the first car I couldn't learn to drive in. And Friends star Matthew Perry is set to star in a new television show coming out soon on CBS. He will co-star, write and produce a reboot of the classic show The Odd Couple, which is based around the characters of Oscar, who is messy, and his neat roommate Felix. Could this reboot be any more unnecessary? Now here's Peter with Sport. 
Well, the Ashes urn has arrived in Perth from Adelaide for the third test. Not to perpetuate negative stereotypes about Adelaide, but the Ashes were still wickets before they arrived in the city. Michael Clark said he couldn't wait to soak up all that WA had to offer. Excess wealth, regional brothels and zero taste in everything. In a statement, Shane Warne said, Beecher! It was a tough first day at the Perth Test as Mitchell Johnson hit a spindle fair up the Kazali, almost hitting young upstart David Boone in the third eye. Early in the day, England's Michael Crawford was out before, but only came back with three, meaning Ashton Agar missed out on a cream bun entirely. Premier Colin Barnett has offered his support to the Australian side, while high-profile magistrate John O'Neill praised the series so far, saying, This truly is the gentleman's game, before bailing another cricket fan on animal cruelty charges. And that's sport. Well, Beck, we're back. Hello. It's getting hot in here. They should put the air conditioning on. I don't know why they haven't. It's a shopping, you know, people are shopping hard. They need their air conditioning. Yeah, this is the way um, Santa likes it. (laughs) He likes it hot. Has he been giving you the eye in life? He has. And he like, when the sweat trickles into his mouth, he like licks it sexually. (laughs) looks at me. Santa. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Santa, come on, guys. It's a Christmas porn. Yeah. <laughs> They're ruining Christmas for so many people. Do you get into Christmas? Do you think people are going to... I get into it. Do, do you? think people are going to listen to this instead of um, Carol's by Candlelight yeah. on Christmas Eve? It's going to be Carl, Carl gonna, Wilkins, uh, Carl um, Stefan, Stefanovic. And They're going to bring their family and lay down a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> play kid and some candles. And then put on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> what? Tippy, Tippy is here. She's going to visit. Kmart. <laughs> At Kmart. Tippy. Uh, cat who I looked after while she was away. Yes. I ruined her surprise. She was out getting me a present. Hello. Oh, um, Tippy, you're so beautiful. She was so happy to come home. She told me. No, I don't me. think she was. She cried. She was. I bet she cried in the car like she was going to the vet. She's like, no. <laughs> you know how cats cry like that? Like really deep when they're like in pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cow. Aren't you from the country? Yes. The difference between cats and hey, cows. We look. We had a cow. Do you know that? No. We looked after a calf. Oh. And um, my sister and I called it um Brandon after the character. Oh no, two one oh. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. And um, anyway, we brought it up and like Brandon was the worst character on that oh, show. All right. Okay. Um, Should have been Brenda. Anyway, um, we brought out a we brought up a calf and uh and we loved it very much for months and months. And your dad and, was attracted um, to it. <laughs> So he killed it. And so he killed it. <laughs> and yeah, he actually did kill it. Oh, and then we enjoyed Brandon in our freezer for months to come. Oh, that's how So that's what happened to Jason Priestley as well. <laughs> in real life. Yeah. yeah. Shannon Doherty <laughs> got to him. Beck. Yep. I have a plate this week. Okay. It's not a very Christmassy plate. We're not doing anything Christmassy except making gross jokes about Christmas. Hey. You might be doing. I want this to be festive. Do you? Yes. Well, be gay. Very festive person. No, you're not. <laughs> That's uh, a euphemism. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about something that kind of annoys me, and I, I've been noticing it more and more over the last year or two. Okay. And it's the rise and rise of the YouTube celebrity. And it's this very strange area of celebrity. They're not the celebrities who make it into magazines. They're not the celebrities Mm. who get discussed on, you know, what's that Mario Lopez show, Hot Watch. 
News Weekly. Um, I think it's called Huge Dimples. Huge Dimples. <laughs> with Mario Lopez. Can I take my shirt off yet with Mario Lopez? <laughs> um, they don't make it onto those shows, but they are celebrities in their own right. Yeah. They mostly start off as people making videos on mm. YouTube in their bedrooms, and it's called vlogging, yep. which I don't like as a term. It's very mm. close to flogging. <laughs> and basically, they can talk about anything they like, and some of them are actually okay, but a lot of them aren't. <laughs> well, it's actually it's so interesting because I only really learn about this probably the last six months, Yeah, and these people are huge on twitter and on instagram and like have millions of fans yes. but most people wouldn't wouldn't know, know them no um because i found because there's one called um daily grace and harto oh, i've never heard of it uh well harto is hannah hart mm-hmm. who started doing my drunk kitchen each week where she gets oh, drunk and okay. yeah. um she's actually really funny okay. yeah. and she's a lesbian um but <sighs> her and grace cuz i started watching some of them yes they're actually they're both very funny why? What are you doing? This is very good for the podcast. I'm I'm making faces <laughs> that you can all see. I don't. I'm yet to come across other than legitimate comics who and improv people who do videos mm-hmm. like Kyle Mooney, who is on SNL now, used to be part of um I think a sketch group called Good Neighbor or Natasha Leggero's yeah or Natasha Le- Leggero's series and Doug Benson has a series. Yeah. I have no problem with those sorts of things, but when it's just some. Teenager. Teenager who mm-hmm. thinks they're very, very funny. Or can I use another example? Mm-hmm. Some blonde-haired 24-year-old gay with glasses reciting RuPaul lines down the fucking barrel of the camera while saying, ooh, hunty, no. I don't find that terribly Who's that? funny. Okay. Here's the okay. story. All right. Where's this hatred coming from? Where's this hatred? This, this internalized, now externalized hatred is coming from Besides something I jealousy. haven't been able to talk about for a while because... Earlier this year, I was followed on Twitter by a man called Tyler Oakley. And I had not heard of Tyler Oakley <laughs> before he started following me. And I always sort of check who these news people are and um, whether they're hot and I should follow them. <laughs> <laughs> and I clicked on his profile and he had like, I think he was verified and he had something like 700,000 followers at the time. Now he has over a million, maybe 1.5 million, very quickly, which is suspicious as well. But I found out he is a YouTube celebrity. Right. And I did a bit more digging and I went and looked at one of his YouTube videos. I stuck with it and I followed him Mm -hmm. because, Beck, I'm not perfect. I thought, no, he's not hot. Uh Oh. But I, and I'm sorry, I know, sure. You don't find him attractive. I don't find, I'm sure other people find him attractive. I think he looks like um, Ellen DeGeneres. 14 years ago. Now, That's hot. you know, um, message in a bottle era. Uh, <laughs> so I, I investigated him. I followed him. Investigated him. I, I, I had someone, <laughs> I had someone follow him in his car. And, um, I thought he might say, I don't know, tweet out a link to the podcast. Maybe even just retweet something I wrote. He yeah, didn't right. really follow many people. He oh. followed like, 400 people. And the only reason he started following me is because I was on a list that oh, that's the, right. the gay men list tweeted for, uh, he wrote it for the back lot and he's actually, he, he used to make YouTube videos and we are not talking about people like him or I'm not talking no. about people like him because verbal voguing is one of the funniest fucking things ever. And if you have not seen it, go back and watch it. But it's a p- particular type of person who yeah. does it. Where it's just some dude 
saying they're not making jokes or anything. No. They're just saying things. And they do they do little challenges as well. Yeah. Like, um, I saw one. I think they're like the Harry's brothers, who are, are just really hot, mm. young. I think they're like twenty year old twins. It's very corny oh, too. Yeah, like, hot twins, and they're seeing how many Ferrero Rochers they can eat in a minute. And that video was viewed like fourteen million times <laughs> by you, by me, <laughs> and then a couple of other million times by other people. But Tyler never tweeted anything. I. What would he made? Well, uh, and I uh, to be fair, I never tweeted anything he wrote either. But I eventually was unfollowed by him last month while you're away. It was a tough day for me because I thought there goes my opportunity to maybe be super famous. Okay, (laughs) maybe I should start YouTube videos, although I don't want my face in them. So (laughs) it's just a video of your room and you're like underneath. We should make a YouTube series that's just a black screen. Well, we should do it where we sit off camera, like just out of sight and we talk, Yes, but we don't get shown. Yes. That'd be funny. We should do that. that. We should um, just record our podcast, but you can't see us. (laughs) Yes. But Um, I've got to say YouTube celebrities weren't always like this. Now they're very high production values. They have managers. They're supported by advertising. I read a great Wired article that I think was written late um, last month. Mm-hmm. And it basically documents uh, – you can Google it. I'm not going to give you the title because that would require me being prepared. But uh, it basically documents the very early days of YouTube and the rise of these actual communities that were people who weren't in it for money. It was just a very basic vlogging exercise, very simple setup, Mm -hmm. very genuine people who actually cared for each other. It was a community. And now it just seems very like, oh, you can get involved by commenting or retweeting. Mm. And Tyler would also send out messages, which is one of the reasons that I'm not a big fan. He'd go, oh, if you... If you tweet my new video, I might send you a DM. And I thought, wow, what a fucking incentive, <laughs> a DM. But, but it could have been a bug that he unfollowed you. It wasn't. I said some terrible things about friends of his. I think he's uh, friends with, like, the Janoskians. Uh, yeah. You know, the um, the Our really souls. funny uh, uh, teenagers with abs that, you know, kick pregnant women in yeah. the stomach for pranks? <laughs> Very funny stuff. <laughs> That DIY feeling of YouTube has now been lost and it's just yeah. another place where people with money already, like the, those Harry's brothers that I mentioned before, their parents are BAFTA award-winning film producers. Uh-huh. It's just another platform for those sorts of people to get To hear white people talking at us. What we're saying is please watch our YouTube video <laughs> where we eat um, four packets of Ferrero shares. Uh, not not fast minutes. though. No, no we do it slowly. <laughs> Into the camera with the cameras very closely focused on our yeah. mouths. It's going to be huge. And it's on X-Tube. So, <laughs> Beck, what is your play this week? Well, I wanted to talk about something that is very dear to my heart, which is women in film. Mm-hmm. And it was all started because I saw Hunger Games. Oh, how was it? I haven't seen it yet. It was really good. Catching fire. Catching fire. Uh, Who's your favourite character, Katniss? Of course, Katniss. You know what? No. All right. (laughs) Does she have a sense of humour in the second movie? Because she didn't in the first movie. Why should she have a sense of humour? She's in a fucking revolution (laughs) in a Hunger Games to get killed and kill other people. Who had a sense of humour? There's still time for laughs. (laughs) 
who had a sense of humour in that movie, except for the drunk guy, Woody Harrelson, I guess. Well, you don't think people were cracking gags when they were uh-huh. rounded up in the French roundup? <laughs> oh, of course they were. Why didn't Anne Frank have a sense of humour? <laughs> she Lighten did. Up. I read her diary. <laughs> She's a believer. It's funny. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> God. Um, I thought, because I liked the first book a lot, I yeah. didn't like the first movie. So I loved the first book, didn't mm. like the movie. I thought the effects were bad and it was just like Jennifer Lawrence and acting was good. Oh, Elizabeth Banks was good. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, the second book is average, but the movie I thought was yeah. much better. Yeah, so I was very excited. I don't know if you saw my tweets after the movie, <sighs> but I went on a Twitter. I don't know if you saw my tweets, guys. I went on a excited rampage because uh-huh. I was so full of girl power. It was just like being back at the Spice Girls yes. days. <laughs> you wearing the uh, the Impulse Spice Girls Impulse. I remember <laughs> the orange lid. Do you know um the Spice Girls once came to St George? What? However, it was like the Spiced Girls, and it was uh. like these five girls were actually from Britain, and they had a program for their concert for their tribute show that they did at the St George Cultural Centre. And I went probably alone <laughs> when I was in like literally school. in the yeah, yeah, crowd yeah. alone, <laughs> and um. I bought the program for five dollars, and it was during the middle of the day, as all good concerts <laughs> oh my are. God. And um, in the program, it said like um, Janet C has actually met Emma Bunton, <laughs> and that was like the biggest. <laughs> I was like, and I remember that blowing my mind. And then like I went to get all their autographs after the show because of course I did, yeah. and um, they signed them as the Spice because they didn't even sign their own names. That's fraud. I know. I um. Still remember Emma Spice gave Emma Spice. Emma Spice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she um, cook on SBS. <laughs> she she gave one of the best beauty tips I've ever read, yes. and I'm sure she didn't even really say it, but yeah. it was an article about them about using if your hair is oily, you don't want to wash it, put talcum powder in and brush it through. It works. That's gross. No, what, it's, so your hair doesn't get chafed. It works. It's like dry. That's basically what dry shampoo is, except it's. Aerated. Well, God bless you, Emma Bunton. Anyway, that stuck you know with me I, 20 years. Do you know what I, 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 um, used to have a little book of hers. Like, it was like the little book of Emma Bunton and it That's had cute. all facts about her and stuff. And one of the facts was, um, if Emma wasn't a spice girl, she would like to work in a shop. <laughs> so specific. You aim high, girlfriend. <laughs> Big ambitions oh right my from the Lord. She could probably do that she now. She could do that now. She she's doing it now. <laughs> Was she have, a you, have you seen the new top shop in the city? That's where she <laughs> oh, is. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get this show back on. Okay, track. sorry. Agnes Everdeen is amazing. She's a spice girl. I'm a very spice girl. Um, and I just, it just struck me while sitting there that I was watching a movie where this, like, awesome woman is the hero. And she's not saved and she's saving other people. Mm. And I got so, I was like, why isn't this happening all of the time? Mm. Like that movie made so much money. Like it's such a fallacy to say yes. that people won't go see movies about women. Well, it's, it's like the old, you know, Tina Fey wrote in Bossy Pants. She once heard it, um, at Second City where she was touring with, who she was touring with. Like somebody said to her, one of the writers or whoever, people don't want to see a comedy scene with two women. Mm. And this year we had, you know, one of the highest grossing comedies being The Heat. Yeah. And it's, it's, those rules are, are being broken and I think that's great. But, but do you think it'll actually lead to more movies? No, absolutely no, not. not. 
because people see these as like, you know. It's like, oh, that's the woman movie yeah, for the year. Yeah, this is the odd one out. This it's is, like you know, Lena Dunham said with Girls that yeah. that it was going to be like, oh, now we have that Girls show. Yeah, this so, is the one we don't yeah. need to make anymore. It's yeah. such, it's so annoying. And people were saying, you know, they took like their son who's uh, 12 or something, had yeah. a birthday party and he chose to go see it with five of his friends. His and they all friends, loved it. great. Because it's a good movie and it, yeah. why can't men go and watch movies about women? We have to watch um, movies about <laughs> men constantly. Talking to gay men because that's all gay men yeah, do. They go and men. see fucking movies with They're women different. all of the fucking time. Uh, yeah. So I was very excited. It was a really, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gina Davis came out. Oh. Not came oh. out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, because she has an institute on gender and media that she started. And archery. And archery. Um, because she's super into women Girl in power. film. Girl yes. power. Because she's amazing. Um, and her institute found that because the thing that she was talking about was even in just crowd scenes in mm-hmm. movies, the average is that they're 17% female. Really? Yeah. And that's, that's something. That's because women don't leave the house. <laughs> that's realistic. <laughs> In the kitchen, it's like a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, it's like, I thought about how weird that is, is that it's not even characters, not even named characters. No, it just is it random be, crowds. Yeah. It can't even be half women. Of course not. And that it's 17%, but men, um, perceive it as 50 50. Like they've if done studies. If you put too many women, in crowd scenes, men get migraines. It's 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 a medical <laughs> thing that you're missing out on here. So what else is in her institute? What um, else well, in she also institute? found that in family movies, mm-hmm. which are quite important for um, developing children's, yes. um, you know, whatever. Brains. Um, <laughs> you, you forgot that. <laughs> you're like, developing children's. Mm, this uh, is because I didn't yeah. have those. <laughs> <laughs> so my brain doesn't work. Um, that for every one female character, yes. there's three male characters. Mm-hmm. What movies? Like in most movies. Most family about? movies. Most any family, family movies. movies. Okay. Yeah. 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 She's just saying like a really simple change to do is go through projects you're working on and just change characters to women. I thought you were going to say go through projects you're working on, go through movies that have already been done and just put all women in the <laughs> cast. That would be... Someone actually said that, that they should like National do... National Lampoon's Family Vacation, but with all women. It's like the women that... Yeah. Let's just make the women <laughs> over and over. every year. With different cast members, till we get it right. the last time we made it was so great. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we both have heat stroke, I think. We both have heat stroke. Let's take a little break. Okay. Beck, hi. We've progressed. Thank We're you. so close. I, know, I, I can't can wait. I can smell Santa from I can here. smell him. Been <laughs> smells drinking. like Christmas. Christmas mm-hmm. smells like my family Christmas. Like forex, Bundaberg rum, <laughs> forex, homophobia, <laughs> sadness, fighting. Someone, someone loudly storming away and then coming back late in the afternoon because they want more ham. <laughs> Look, it is Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
and every year I end up watching not one but two Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. So I did want to bring them. Dancer the, in the Dark. Dancer in the Dark. <laughs> I, I fast forward to the last scene. <laughs> Merry um, Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And um, I also watch The Wrestler <laughs> and also watch the last scene of that. But I also watch two 90s movies. Mm-hmm. They happen to be sequels. I watch Home Alone mm-hmm. and The Vastly better sequel, mm-hmm. Home Alone 2. Left I didn't know we'd agree on that. We do agree. Oh. And this is, I'm, I'm very excited because oftentimes we watch movies for this podcast and I start off by saying how much I hate them. <laughs> but I've got to say, I, I do love these films mm-hmm. um, and always have since I was a child and, and still to this day. I think that's a key. I wonder if you watch it now as an adult without having seen it. What? I think I'd still enjoy it. There, I there think are a few they're pretty kids good. So. Let's start off with Home Alone 1, okay? And I, yep. I don't feel like we need to say too much about it because if Everyone you haven't has seen this seen movie... It. Who are you? Who are you, firstly? Stop listening. How did you find about <laughs> <podcast>. iTunes? <laughs> this was made in 1990 by John Hughes, yep. the great John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, and How long since you've well, seen it? Well, written and produced by John Hughes, I should say, directed yep. by Chris Columbus, I think. Oh. Um, so, Home Alone basically revolves around Kevin McAllister and the McAllisters... In the first movie, they are going away on a trip to France, of course. The McAllisters are a family in Chicago, in a suburb of Chicago. They are obscenely wealthy. They Their have, house... What do they do for a living? They never say. They never say. Which but the dad carries sus. around like... Briefcases. Briefcases full of he, cash. Yeah. You know, I went on Youth Exchange... Um, back in 2005 or six, I should say. Youth exchange is, um, there's a really Rotary long queue there after Christmas. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> Rotary Youth Exchange, it was only for six weeks, but I went to Italy and oh, I did you? stayed with his family. Uh, and the, the McAllister's. The McAllister's. <laughs> and, um, I never found out what the father oh, did, just mobster. like, just like Mr. McAllister. Oh. So whenever it's, like he's just a businessman. Yeah. It always he's not a, a businessman. He's a businessman. Yeah, he's in Beyonce. the business. Um, but why are you being so sexist? What do you mean? Um, Catherine O'Hara wears power suits. Yes, and looks very businesslike. But she doesn't have short hair until the second movie. But it doesn't matter. So I think she got into business in the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all going to um France. And what happens is Kevin has a huge fight with the family, basically. The First of all, mm-hmm. he's treated unfairly at the start of both of these movies. He is. They order pizzas and he does not get a cheese pizza or his brother. It's the um, only cheese pizza. He only eats cheese pizza yeah. and Buzz eats it all on purpose. As a vegetarian, this is a huge problem for me when people order pizzas as well. Really? Anyway, that's the main point of this movie is pizza. It's pizza. <laughs> well, um, that is a running theme. Pizza I don't guy? find Kevin irritating, but apparently his family really does. They hate, they hate He's him. like, can you help me pack your bag? Oh, grow up, Kevin. You're six years old already. Pack your own <laughs> fucking bag. <laughs> it's so true. And the uncle who, why are they all traveling as one from someone? What is going on with that family? There's so many. Take and it, there are kids from other there's adults 400 that aren't there. There's so children. Many children too. Yeah. And the brother like calls him a disease. I like know. it's, it's so hard. Even though it's not his fault in the first place, he's being bullied. He and then get, he's he should get presents from that ABC Kids in Care appeal. <laughs> he should. It's terrible. I think the there's a tree treated. over there that you yeah, <laughs> we can donate to Kevin McAllister. And his and Catherine O'Hara stares at him with disgust. I know. It's really harsh. He basically tells Catherine O'Hara before sleeping up in 
a beautifully set up uh, attic. Um, he says, I, I wish you'd all go away and disappear. I, and I, I wish I had myself. Christmas on my own, which is, you know, um, I sometimes think I'd like to have Christmas on my own still. <laughs> Do you know what? I think this movie is a really good portrayal of the secret. Why? In what way? Because Kevin wishes. Yes. <laughs> he wants, he, he visualizes. Envisions something. He visualizes a goal. <laughs> yep. And then it comes true it comes twice. True. It is the secret. It is You're the right. secret. I think that's where it all came from. And then he wants his parents back and they come back. Exactly. God, I love the secret. He is the secret. <laughs> I think I've solved it. So, And they're, they're terrible at setting alarms. They're terrible at setting alarms. But it's not their fault because the power goes out, doesn't it? I don't think so. Is it the so. first movie the power goes out? I don't think so. Or the, or he might have, he might pull a power cord oh, something out. Something happens. Anyway, the alarm resets. Apparently, nobody else in the family. Yeah, there's set one their alarm. Alarms. Yeah, good job. This is the day before iPhone alarms woke us all up. That's true. And they are late. There's a frantic rush. Oh, that's to my the nightmare. It is running through an nightmare. airport is my nightmare. Kevin is still up in the attic. They all go to the airport. They get on the plane to Paris. There's a running theme in these movies where. You don't have a seat assigned. Yeah. And there's just like, go find a space. Just seat. go find a space. And it's always, seat. It always huge happens. seats, like in, yeah. in first class or something. They're staying in first class. All the kids are in coach. Yeah. So, Never see um, them, though. they're all on the plane, at which point Kevin wakes up in the attic, begins to wander around the house, which is empty, and he realizes, what, what does he say? Like, um, my, I made my family disappear. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara realizes that she has left Kevin behind, and she somehow does she realize she has a feeling. She, well, they're, well, they're thinking she she has a feeling. She's like, there's something. But how you couldn't just have a feeling and know yeah, that is what happened. The great thing is she shouts Kevin on the plane before she even goes into the cabin to check. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, he could have been there. She just that's like, ruined the flight for all the other people around her. That's it's. It happens in the second one when they're passing the bags along. And yes. Like, and, she's, and they all freak out. I'm like, he could be standing behind you. Yeah. Didn't even look around. <laughs> um, it's mother's instinct. It is. Back. But it's lucky that it happened before September 11 because she probably would have been shot by an air marshal. Yeah, <laughs> what I love about this is that when they arrive in Paris and, and Kevin by this stage is just, fuck, what, what does he do in this movie? Wander around the neighbourhood? Basically, Kevin's going around the house and he's picking up photos of uh, his older brother Buzz's girlfriend, at which he says, woof. What a little cunt. <laughs> I know. He's a terrible person. He is a terrible person. I hate him. He's a little asshole. Oh, oh, oh. so you swapped sides in the last five minutes. I'm because saying. Because before you were saying all these fucking siblings are this, so mean to yeah, him. Yeah, those specific scenes he's treated unfairly, but he's still a dickhead. Okay. I think he's pretty fun. And he talks to himself so much. Like He's it's got a bit great creepy. comedic chops in this movie. Though. He's good, yeah. He's Kevin, a good actor. Yeah. I can see why Michael Jackson befriended him <laughs> in a not weird way. <laughs> Um, but it's one of the movies where it's rendered totally invalid if it was set where you have mobile phones. Well, it's, it's rendered totally invalid because the one question I have, they arrive in Paris, they immediately call the police to go around and check on Kevin. And the police are sort of a bit, you know, like, oh, I don't know. Is he, is he dead? <laughs> As police always say. People, people find that bit of the movie unbelievable, but I, I've dealt with some yeah, pretty police, unhelpful police yeah. in my time. So I'm, I, know. I think it's not so unbelievable, but. Here's the question I have, and this is my major question of both films. Uh-oh. Do the McAllisters have zero friends? <laughs> Surely, okay, the first thing, if your kid's left behind, you call up a, a family friend. friend. And now they do a little bit of that. They're like, oh, the Jordans are away and so are the Hiltons. And- but it's only people 
I think that's specific. They like call everyone in the street. Yeah. I'm like, you can expand. They have cars yeah, now. Have cars. You can expand it to the neighborhood. Anyway, let's stop this now. I'm so angry. Maybe they don't have friends because they're in like a witness protection. In the meantime, mm-hmm. Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci, mm-hmm. the uh, wet bandits. That's, that's, um, I want to take that name and. Make a lesbian gang. I know the wet bandits. Yeah. <laughs> the moist. The that was my nickname in high bandits. school. Yes. <laughs> they have a trademark of robbing houses and then leaving all the taps on, That's which just is so mean. mean and unnecessary. But that they're they're not rational. These criminals. Uh, one hey, great f- fact I read about Joe Pesci in this movie was that um, because he worked on so many great sort of gangster films, like um, most famously, um, you know. Goodfellas. Yeah. What am a fucking clown to you? Do I make you laugh? God, I love that movie. Um, he kept improvising and accidentally saying the F word in all his scenes. <laughs> so, um, like the director had to say, um, Joe, just say fridge whenever you have the feeling <laughs> to say fuck. Please, please stop swearing. <laughs> so eventually, uh, Kevin finds out about Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern's deal. He, uh, he realizes that they are planning to break into his home and he immediately sets up an elaborate uh, party um, in his home. Why doesn't he just go to the police or I an adult? Because the phones aren't working. He, can, he walks to the shops and buys stuff. Why doesn't he tell the cashier who's really nice who'd prefer to be murdered than yes. have a conversation? Yes. Yeah. That's like sometimes me, actually. That's like that me, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, okay. uh, sometimes I'm like... Okay. I could go and order a pizza and, like, stuff. By the way, that's one of the biggest fucking problems in this movie. If the phones aren't working, how does he fucking order the <gasps> pizza to his house? High five. <laughs> but anyway, Ugh. Kevin sets up an elaborate uh, party to He's... show th- the thieves, the, the wet bandits, mm-hmm. to show them that somebody is home at his house so they shouldn't rob the house. Now... My question for you, Beck, is where does he get all those mannequins? <laughs> now, what we now we don't have many clues of what the McAllisters do, but apparently they have sixteen or seventeen mannequins and a shack cut out in their home. It's like um from I know it last summer yes, when the sister has a hundred mannequins. Maybe that's like. Maybe he's the I know you love summer killer. Oh, stole the McAllisters. The they've earned their they've earned their fortune from the mannequin trade. <laughs> we all know it. Um oh, God. that's crazy. Anyway, I did have to say so Catherine O'Hara is desperately her. trying to make it home. But the problem But why does why do they all need to go at all they times? They don't need to go. Well, Catherine O'Hara says that you go back to the hotel, which by the way has a view of the Eiffel Tower. What is Mr. McAllister doing? <laughs> what are in these mannequins? Fucking cocaine? <laughs> so Catherine O'Hara decides to go home alone. She gets on a plane, but she can't get a direct flight to Chicago. Fucking hell, honestly. It's Christmas, it's mate. Christmas. You can't just expect so to walk So what does she fly into New York or somewhere, and then she has to fly to another airport? Anyway, she eventually gets a lift to Chicago with John Candy <laughs> and his poker band, <laughs> Poker, poker, poker. Uh, Jenny Johnson, who is a great uh, Twitterer, mm-hmm. uh, famous for her feuds with Chris Brown, mm-hmm. she just wrote, coincidentally, just a couple of days ago, that in reality, Kevin's mother would definitely have blown John Candy for that seat <laughs> on that bus. That she'd be, wouldn't be like yeah. a desperate woman yeah. who needs to get back to her child. Come on. Yeah, John Candy. Yeah, yeah. Unzip. She gets a lift back with them. 
But before she can get home, apparently it takes, you know, 14 hours in a car <laughs> wherever she's coming from. Ridiculous. Um, she, uh, by which time uh, Kevin is setting up his home He's a, in preparation for the thieves. He is a psychopath. He's a psychopath because Kevin doesn't just want to keep them out of his home. He wants, he wants to, to inflict pain them. and he torture these people. He wants to invite them into his home so he can torture them. I do have a question about Kevin. Do you think there's something about Kevin? Yeah. Do you think um, we need to talk about Kevin? Is about <laughs> Kevin McAllister? I think it is. He's... Kevin McAllister grew up to be that Kevin. <laughs> he... He's a sociopath. Yeah. I thought remembering that the house scene is like really long. Oh yeah. But it's like an hour and a half until it gets into yeah, the house it's scene. Really right at the end. Yeah. And Kevin does inflict terrible pain. Oh, and I'm so sorry I'm rushing through this, but we do need to talk about a little bit about the other one. But um. He he basically at the end is saved by the neighbor that he thinks is a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Um who doesn't talk to his uh son for some reason. There's some argument. Apparently that like and it does seem this way upon rewatching this movie. That little plot, that subplot of like the old man yeah. who doesn't speak to his son yeah. was added into the minute like into the script at the last minute because uh. the studio didn't feel it had enough heart. What if he'd accidentally <laughs> killed one of them? He could have been a ter- he could have easily killed one of them. I if think he was trying to kill them. I know. It's horrible. There's I so- do respect him though because <laughs> because if I was him, I would have definitely been killed but like 20 minutes into this movie. Like before the thieves even broke in, like when my family left, I just would have died. <laughs> Because I wouldn't have thought you, to have gone and you got my own food or anything. You would have just been like a sim, like when he trapped them in yes. the rooms. I would have been walking up to walls, and I would have shit myself, and I would have just died in the corner. That's my Kevin McAllister experience. So basically, yeah. at the end, Catherine O'Hara comes home, and the family basically arrive at the same time. So Which is really so no annoying. For her getting that flight. And she's like, oh, okay, I would have been like, fucking hell. Oh, yeah, and I would have stormed off to my room. But don't you think Kevin would have done more damage to the house than those robbers could have ever done? Exactly. It's only robbing. Just go hide somewhere and let them take shit. It's only stuff and your dad is like a bazillionaire. That's right. So the first one's okay. Yeah. But the second one. That's where it gets good. Is where it gets really good Mm -hmm. because. They're in New York. They're in New York. Yeah. And it is the same movie, but they're in New York. Okay. (laughs) New York is better. They're in the exact same movie. I didn't realize when I watched the second one is how similar it starts off. Uh, Yeah. It is. Almost exactly the shot same. Shot by shot, the same. It's also unfair again because it starts off with um, a chorus, like yes. in a church, yep. on oh, no, a church or a school thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, Kevin and Buzz are both in the chorus together. Yes. Kevin has a beautiful voice. Yeah, he starts singing a solo, and Buzz is Christmas holding. No <laughs> Christmas tree. Oh. Mm, beautiful voice. <laughs> Sound like Lisa Simpson. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he's holding candles behind Kevin's ears and pretending yes. to play the drum. Horrible. The crowd love. <laughs> they fucking love. They lose. I've never heard people laugh like that. Not even at like an Eddie Murphy roar. No. <laughs> like no. it was the most it's laughter. Like it's a Medea movie. <laughs> it is. Um, and so Kevin pushes him, and rightly so. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, before they go to the concert, I do have to mention the weirdest bit in both of these uh, movies. Is it the which shower? Is when. The uh. uncle tells Kevin not to go into the bathroom while he's taking a shower I know. because he will always feel like less of a man. Mm-hmm. He is telling Kevin he has I a, got a big, big old dick. dick. <laughs> he 
you don't want to see my dick, son. Because it's real big. Yeah. It'll shock you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you will be sad forever. Yeah. And of course, well, he's not, a child. Uh, he's, of yeah. course, he's going to have a small. How do you know how big his penis is going to be? I don't know. Um, about Kevin's penis. And also, he goes in, because it goes in to get a tie. Yeah. So the guy's like having a, like he's singing in the show. He's having he a great time. Mazzing. I know. Mazzing. Never <laughs> say that again. Um, Kevin opens the door. The yeah. guy's singing so loudly. The shower's loud. Kevin makes the tiniest, like, sound. Yeah. And somehow he hears that over his singing and the shower. I know. And then, like, screams at him. Yeah. And Kevin's recording it all, too. <laughs> this is really... <laughs> Kevin's recording it because it does come in handy later in the movie. That's why he's recording it. Yeah. He knows the script. <laughs> um, but Kevin gets in trouble for something, for pushing bars at the school concert yeah. and making everyone fall over. This year, they're all going to Florida. Kevin... Paris to Florida. Paris to Florida, I know. Like, there must have been a downturn yeah, in the... Yeah. The, the family is not doing so well this year. Um, but his dad is still carrying an envelope full of cash yeah, yes, for know, some reason. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Kevin has a huge fight with them again, says, I never want to see you bastards. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Um, and basically, what happens in this movie? There's something with the alarms again. There's no alarm again because they don't learn a fucking lesson. Um, they run to the... Kevin Kevin goes with them, though. Kevin goes time. with them. Gets to the airport. But he's looking for batteries in his dad's yes. bag and gets... And then there's a guy up ahead wearing the same thing as his yes. dad, so he follows him. Um, and then he gets... Like, he runs into the lady at the airport. All mm-hmm. the boarding passes go everywhere, so she lets him onto the plane. Yep. But it's going to the wrong place. Um, so, anyway, he ends up in New York. He ends up in New York, but he, he's pretty excited because he did want a white Christmas. He didn't want to go to Florida where it's sunny. And mm. he realizes he is separated from his family. So, he immediately goes to check into the fanciest hotel in oh, town. A little scumbag. I know, on his dad's credit card. Mm-hmm. And guess who else happened to be in New York at the same time? Not the Wet Bandits anymore. They are... The Sticky Bandits. Yep, that's my other game. <laughs> renamed gang. themselves the Sticky <laughs> the Bandits. The Wet and Sticky Bandits. No, the Wet Bandits and the Sticky Bandits are two lesbian gangs that are in a terrible feud. It's the um, Jets. There's a, there's a turf <laughs> the Sharks and the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> we have like a pool competition. Yeah. Basically. But he seems, he's so calm and has a plan immediately. He does. He's, he's a psychopath. He is a psychopath. Oh, he, he checks in to uh, the plaza on his dad's credit card. I do love him. The montage of him just going around New York because, of course, oh, yeah. we see the Twin Towers, which is always just a, a wonderful memory. Um, I like to see on the holidays. I like that. Like I'm, I get confused on the subway in New York, yeah. but they just show him being in all these He's different places where he it. had yeah. to get the subway. He's planned this. This is all orchestrated. I, bet, I think it is. Oh, uh, meanwhile, in Florida, they're off the plane. They've the realised f- that they're, they're missing Kevin. And once again, uh, the police are very unhelpful. And also, they're way less concerned this time, even yeah. though it's way worse that he's yeah. in, New he's in New York by himself. No one's ever been killed there. No. But not killed, but at your own home. Like, he could just stay in his yeah. house. He's not out in the city. Like, the what streets. is he? In the streets. I know. They're less concerned. Oh, it's weird. They're terrible parents. You. It's terrible there. He goes to Mr. Duncan's toy chest in this movie. Yeah. And Mr. Duncan's toy chest is the lamest fucking toy store. It is weird. It's like all the shit toys that, like, like that, you know, no one would ever want to buy. Like, oh, it's a hand carved race car. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Give me Grandpa. a fucking Game Boy. <laughs> um, but Mr. Duncan is my favorite character in this movie. Our oh, second favorite, I should say. But he refers to, he likes to refer to himself in the third person. He's like, Mr. Duncan gives a lot of money to charity. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Mr. Duncan. 
<laughs> Mr. Duncan is a wonderful man. <laughs> That's weird then. I know. It's very weird. <laughs> That's really and, weird. And um, Kevin decides he's going to give his money that he's got snow shoveling, mm. shoveling snow, uh, to the hospital needy children yeah. because Kevin's just like that. And also, he probably needs to pay a bit of money for all the fucking terrible behavior, like <laughs> almost killing people that he's done all year. <laughs> I don't know where he is, but the wet bandits see him. The wet bandits see him in the street. And they're like... And and they notice him because he has his name conveniently printed on his backpack. And also, how do they know his name, first of all? I don't know. Second of all, they've escaped from prison yes. during a riot. Yes. Third, they're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense that I'm now seeing this kid from another city <laughs> in New York. They're not like astound. They're like, yeah. why is he here? Is he following us? But they decide to get their revenge. Like, by murdering him. Yeah. And Daniel Stern, so they, so they basically abduct him. Daniel Stern, meanwhile, informs Kevin of his plan to uh, rob the toy Duncan's store. toy chest. Mm-hmm. Because apparently it has so much money. Kevin has also, by this point, met number one character, Best character in, movie, in both movies. Which is Brenda Fricker, a.k.a. Susan Boyle from Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> if there is someone more like Susan Boyle in a piece of art than this movie. Do you know what? I find her quite attractive in this movie. <laughs> what? Because she's covered in birds? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I think it's her accent and she has really nice eyes. And I was like, I can listen she's to so her She's so dirty. Talk. She's covered in yeah, birds. Yeah, maybe I like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> What should have Do happened? Do you know why they get along? Because she's also a dangerous sociopath. <laughs> no. And they like, they like clock each other and they just like instinctively It's know. like when Dexter met Yes, that's right. When Dexter meets John Lithgow, they're like, all right. Oh, I know. I see. Here's the story. <laughs> I still don't fully understand her story. Someone broke her heart, so now she's homeless in birds. I know. I Is like that the thing? <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Someone broke her heart, now she's homeless and birds. Yeah. <laughs> And she also fucking loves opera. She's like the Phantom. She's like, she's, she's, like, she's up in the wings and she's like, I've seen so many shows here. But she only sits in the wings because birds. Oh, fuck. Oh, we haven't talked about the torture yet. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm leading to Uh-oh. Kevin foils, uh, the robber's plans. He leads them to his uncle's house. His uncle is away and he leads them to his uncle's house where he sets up Another elaborate fucking. Also, his, what does his uncle do? His uncle has a giant house in New York. Well. Yeah, yeah. They're all fucking in the business. He sets up another thing where he tries to kill them. And there's a scene where Kevin literally throws three bricks into the robber's head. From that would have the first one killed. The first one would have killed killed him. And then he threw three more. (sighs) And then she's Brenda Fricker is like laughing hysterically as birds attack them to death or whatever's happening to them. Meanwhile, the family finally make it back. Finally, make it to New York, I should say, from Florida, uh, and. Catherine O'Hara is walking the streets of uh, walking the New streets. York. <laughs> they need to get <laughs> some money. They had to go to Florida. Um, and she's asking police if they have seen her son. And they ask her, where would he be, you know? Think about where think he'd about be. Where he'd Use be. your intuition. And she, she knows that he loves Christmas trees. Most famous Christmas tree is at Rockefeller Plaza. At which point, Catherine O'Hara sees Kevin in front of the big Christmas tree, at which point 
I immediately burst into tears. And I don't know why. Are you serious? I'm serious. Why? It's so beautiful. There's something about John Williams' score in this movie where it's like, my God, it's beautiful, don't you think? No. I was like, who is he talking to? Because he's saying. He's praying to God. It's very religious. Are you sure? Or is he. He's talking to a Christmas tree. (laughs) He's praying to God at a church. He's literally (laughs) saying to a Christmas tree, I. I just want to see my mum just for a minute. Yeah. And then she's like, Kevin? Anyway, anyway do you know... That's Home Alone too. Have you... S- on Rotten Tomatoes... Yes. Home Alone is on 54%, which yes. is low. Yeah. Home Alone 2, 24%. Really? Yep. That's... Do you know what this led me to is an even bigger travesty. Yes. Sister Act, 71%. What? Sister Act 2, which is better. Yeah, Absolutely. Seven percent. Are you fucking joking? No. This is a disgrace. Seven. Seven percent. That is better than the first one. It had how it. Ha- uh, uh, I mean, it's seven percent down from seventy-one. How is that possible? This is an international disgrace. I, I nearly lost my Rotten mind. Contacting Rotten Tomatoes. Anyone can leave reviews at Rotten Tomatoes. It's not just critics. Doesn't matter. And I, I want to talk about this. Is off topic. Now we've discussed Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. That's your life That's, um, <laughs> the story of my Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I did want to talk about world's best reviewer. Okay. And I, I, I sort of pre-sold this to you in an email mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week. But on our election episode, mm-hmm. we read a review from IMDb for the film Armageddon. And it was from someone called, uh, an IMDb reviewer called XBrad68 from St. Catharines, Ontario. I don't know if you remember this guy. Oh, how could I forget XBrad? I decided that I love XBrad and I do appreciate yeah. his reviews and I wanted to see if he'd written any others. Yeah. So I, I went onto the Google machine. Oh my God. And I, I conveniently IMDb lists all of the reviews mm-hmm. from all of their IMDb reviewers in the community. Mm-hmm. And he has something like 168 film and television reviews. Oh, dear. And I just want to read two for you today. And you'll be inspired. Okay. And when David Stratton dies, we're fucking flying <laughs> X-Brad out. Margaret and X-Brad. This is a review for Little House on the Prairie. And the review is titled, Little House, A New Beginning, Was Favourite of My Friend Tina S. Okay. <laughs> And right. Good start. Good start. <laughs> yeah. And ex-Brad says, Little House on the Prairie was a good show that the whole family could watch. There was a Christian minister in the show. Today, very few shows depict Christian ministers in a positive way. The character of Father Ingalls was my favourite on the show. The current Quebec Premier is a hero for putting his Bell province on alert due to superflu concerns. <laughs> He may save many lives. Now, hopefully, other provinces and America will follow his example with a heightened state of alert concerning the super flu. As the American shadow vice president, I never lie. Even though Canada gave me the code words malice on boardwalk, which sounds like they thought I was guilty of mail con. I have never used mail conning. There used to be an author called Chet Cunningham that sounded like see it conning, ahem. That implied a conning tower of a submarine becoming visible while preparing for a nuclear strike. All of the seasons of Little House on the Prairie are good. <laughs> so that's just one review. What? The- what? However, it's the- not my favourite review. I would like to read one of the best I found. And I, and I absolutely implore 
everybody <laughs> listening to this to shut this off immediately if you haven't already. <laughs> go back and go time. on to Xbrad sixty eight <laughs> on IMDb and read through all one hundred and sixty eight <laughs> reviews. There's probably even more now. Oh my god! This is his review for Caddyshack. <laughs> the the very famous comedy which came out in 1980. I can't now, take the, it. the title for this review is Am I Our Right? Don't Nobody Worry About Me in a Bunker Must Be the Shadow VP. Now, are you following? Caddyshack is full of laughs. It is rare to see so many comedians in the same movie. Uh-huh. Ted Knight plays the straight man well. Uh-huh. Chevy Chase is hilarious. Uh-huh. The Morgan actress might be my distant cousin. Moon 168, read back. Friends forever, Moonfleet's clever. JFK Morgan rafters, happily ever afters. There are Morgan silver dollars and Kennedy 50 cent pieces, by the way. Tom, Huck, all our friends. Moonfleet will never end. Moon's Coltrane and me. This is the... My daughter Julia's artificial intelligence computer on the creator's homeworld of the planet Coltrane says, Daddy, I can breathe. I am glad that you are doing so well, Julia. It is a great honour that we were both made by Immortal, the creator of humans. A big thanks to IMDB for leaving all of the comments by me, the American Shadow Vice President, on the internet. Check out the other movies of Rodney Dangerfield, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray as well. Anyway, XBride68, if you are listening, we love you. Please come on the show. <laughs> Please review our show. Yes. Beck, let's take another break. Okay. I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> Outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping. And I've brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Beck, for the final time. 2013, I have asked you to deliver some lesbian news, but this time, the lesbian news year in review. So, what have you come up with? Top 10, top 20, say? <clears throat> I've gone with a BuzzFeed style. Mm-hmm. Um, How many? 19? Mm, four. Four? Great. <laughs> yeah. So, there have been four good lesbian moments this year. Well, I've combined some of them that are similar. Okay. So... And Tegan and Sarah are not two separate ones. You can't do that. That's wrong. Okay. Number four is all the TV moments this year okay. that happened. All of them? Yes. Every TV you moment. Have, you know, filtered them out into different ones. No. Okay. Um, I think there was just a lot. Of, well, first of all, Tatiana Maslany on Orphan Black. Is she lesbian? No. Time? Okay. There's... A les- one of the clones is a lesbian. Okay. And a very good character. Yes. Um, and then you had things like... Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. which had a lot of lesbian sex. Mm-hmm. Like, but stuff I haven't really seen on television before. Yes. And also on the opposite is the show The Fosters. What's The Fosters? You don't know The Fosters? No, I've never heard of it. Really? Is it the one with Margot Martindale? No. Mm. It oh, is a fam- <laughs> family style show, uh, executive produced by JLo. Oh, yes. No, mm. I, I sort of vaguely... Why is it anti-lesbian? Anti-lesbian? It's not. Oh, it's, it's pro-lesbian. It's about the Fosters. Then why are you hanging shit on it? I'm not. Oh. 
I'm saying the opposite, not oh. no, no, not the opposite because it is sickly sweet. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, only the mothers are lesbians. Okay. One's a police officer and she looks heaps like Jodie Foster, which mm. is weird. Um, but I thought that's pretty groundbreaking that there's sure. a, there's a show with a lesbian couple that I won't watch because it's too boring. Yes. <laughs> that is groundbreaking. Yeah, it that's... is groundbreaking. Because I usually watch any, yeah. I watch the any real L word, so. So. Number three. Oh, okay. Oh, you want to oh. talk about it? Are we, no, we're counting down like yep. in that order. Okay, great. Um, number three. Mm-hmm. Is Kate McKinnon. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Because I have to talk about her. Yeah. She's on SNL, started this year. She is amazing. Such a breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. on that show because she's not like Kristen Wiig Mm -mm. and she's not like Amy Poehler. She's she's funny in such a different way. But she kind of feels, she pretty much to me like immediately felt as comfortable as those. Yes. Like she's just. As soon the as first she started. episode, like I've never seen a cast member come on, and then the very first episode they have a really big part. Like, yeah, I think she played um, Tabitha from Tabitha Takes Over, yeah. doing an Australian accent, which mm. was you know exaggerated, but still pretty yeah. good um, in that show. And like, yeah, she had a feature, and ev- every episode since she's basically had a very featured yeah. role. Yeah, so um, and she's now lesbian, yes. and her moment with Ellen when she went on Ellen was really oh, perfect. Was funny because she dresses up as Ellen. She's on my. She's on my other list as well. Um, Number two. Number two. No, we're breathing. We're breezing through this, and I'll I'll say it's for a reason because I have a surprise mm, for you at the end. um, In my pants. (laughs) It's a number two. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Number two. Number two was the coming outs this year. Oh yeah, who came out? So you've got well, Jodie Foster's weird speech at the Golden Globes. Kind of, but it's still you know a thing. Uh, That's so Gavin. What's that? That's so Raven, Raven Simone. Oh yes, of course. Is that her? Was that her book about coming out? That's no, that's Gaven. what I just made okay. up. And then you recently had Maria Bello, yes, talking about, about being that. in a lesbian relationship. Like, why didn't she come out straight after Coyote Ugly? That <laughs> like, would have been a prime <laughs> time, I would have thought. I think she was with her husband then. Okay. Well, I don't know. She doesn't um, say that she's a lesbian. She just says that she's fallen in love. Sexuality with Sexuality is fluid, it is, man. It is, yeah. man. We know Tom Daly. Get the fuck out of Except here. Except for me, I'm not yeah. fluid. The, I'm also, the wet bed. Also, the fact that it isn't. Obviously, the number one. I don't know what this is. My feud with Ruby Rose. Oh my god! Again, Christ. <laughs> I just want okay, to sum but, up. Okay, so the, the year the, to make it into this list, has there been any new anything new in this feud? No, but this no, is exactly. a sum up of the year. Okay, it's over. Well, it's been resolved. The I, war is over. I just think I wanted to determine who had a better year. Okay, to determine you the or winner. Ruby Rose. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so listen. Mm-hmm. She may have filmed. A movie with Christina Ricci. Which looks wonderful. Yes. She may be flying around the world getting photographed and doing music and doing DJing. She may. Okay, so she wins. So. All right. That was Lesbian News. Lesbians are the best. Become lesbians. are the best. And I've got to tell you, I do agree with you. And that is why I have this HBO pitch. Okay. But this HBO pitch is unlike the others I have done because this one is a very, very serious and I'm particularly passionate about it. And I don't know about you, Beck, but when I see a great injustice being done, I want to rectify it and set things right. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I'm not sure if you are aware, but HBO are set to premiere a new show in 2014 uh, called Looking. Mm-mm. Have you heard of this show? Mm-mm. So Looking is a big deal because it's their big, fancy, new gay drama about a bunch of attractive young oh, gay the men. dudes. Yeah, living yeah. in San Francisco. So it stars Jonathan Groff, who, by the way, his hair is so good, it makes me want to uh, jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> More like Golden Gay Bridge. Oh, am I right? Yep. Um, what disturbs me is, uh, that this is a, another big budget quality series on HBO about gay men. HBO are completely ignoring lesbians. And if I know one thing, it's that you cannot ignore lesbians, especially if you need access to a billiards table. So I have this to say to HBO, and I've got a little pitch here. I am saying to HBO, HBO, what about lesbians? What, they have to miss out on television portrayals as well as dicks? That hardly (laughs) seems fair. And I don't mean Lilith fair because lesbians are fully across that. Sure, you might argue that Orange is the New Black has a large proportion of lesbian characters, but that's on Netflix. And besides, it just perpetuates the very common stereotype that all lesbians are criminals. (laughs) And I am not for stereotyping. The L Ward is my new hour-long serial drama for HBO about a hospital ward run by lesbians. What are my credentials, you might ask? Good question, Tony Jones. I'll take it as a comment. (laughs) Although I have no practical experience in the medical field and have never watched a full episode of a hospital drama, I have seen several snippets in a Snow Patrol video. Plus, I consider myself an honorary lesbian, as I have been mistaken for a lesbian several times (laughs) this week. Now, the cast, of course, will be stacked with gay women, but for diversity, we have included two non-lesbian cast members, one a young white male and the other a middle-aged white male. (laughs) HBO, I am not a lesbian, but I feel like it was up to me to write an honest, flattering and politically correct drama for the lesbian community. Oh, God. I'm stepping up where Alice Walker has failed. (laughs) Now, I have the first part of the pilot episode ready to go back, and mm-hmm. HBO are listening to this. Would you care to read it with me? I will do it. No. <laughs> I wouldn't care to. <laughs> I'm scared. One, a bustling hospital corridor, interior, mid-afternoon. Paramedics burst through the green doors of the L ward. The doors are not symbolic for a vagina. Like I said, they are green. Nurse Sally Strump rushes to greet the arriving patient, laid out on a stretcher. It's Hollywood actress Miranda Thespian. Miss Thespian writhes around in agony, comforted by her girlfriend, Jennifer Estrogen. Nurse Trump, what happened? Jennifer, we were walking through Central Park and some bisexual wouldn't let us pat her collie, so Miranda tore her own fucking hair out in frustration. Nurse Trump, but what's the problem? Her hair looks great. Jennifer, she's pregnant. Cut to ward, front desk, interior, afternoon. A fashionable young man leans against the vacant front desk, drumming his slender fingers on the wood panelling. He drums a tune, but it's something cool you've never even heard of. He has a slick of red hair. His name, Dr. Jesse Tyler Faggotson. Another man approaches. It's the CEO of Anheish Memorial Hospital. He walks with authority. He's an older man. His name, Dr. Gary Oldman. Dr. Oldman well, Dr. Faggotson, I appreciate your promptness. I can tell that nail art didn't apply itself. Jesse, oh, this isn't nail art. My nails are naturally purple upside-down triangles. Dr. Oldman, natural, huh? What are you, some kind of homo? Jesse stands a little taller in his suit. Jesse, yes, actually. 
Dr. Oldman. Well, Doctor, that's just fine and dandy. A coincidence, actually. We brought you to this hospital for a rather special job. You see, you'll be working in our hospital's lesbian ward, the L Ward. Jesse, a whole ward just for lesbians? Dr. Oldman, not quite. You see, despite the large number of lesbian admissions, the L Ward is open to everyone, men and women of every sexual orientation, of any race, of any religion. However, it has always been exclusively staffed by lesbians. Well, until now, you will be the first man to ever work in the ward. Jesse, they'll kill me, skin me alive, cut me from ear to ear. Dr. Oldman, come now, Dr. Faggotson. You are going to be in charge here, and gay men and gay women have been the very best of friends, always and forever, with mutual respect and admiration for each other throughout history, and so much in common. Remember, they're just like you in every way, but they've no time for Rosalind Russell. Jesse and Dr. Oldman begin to walk through the ward. It's a classic walk-and-talk scene, as popularised by Aaron Sorkin in The West Wing and later destroyed by Aaron Sorkin in The Newsroom. Dr. Oldman. You come at an interesting time, Dr. Faggotson. There have been a lot of changes around these parts in recent months. Why, just last week we had to remove all the scissors from the ward. Jesse, budget cuts? Dr. Oldman, no, the word just makes the gals giggle. Jesse, really? Dr. Oldman, yes, it's a myth they have no sense of humour. Some of them are quite funny, but no Australian ones, though. <laughs> nope, no siree, none whatsoever. Jesse, yeah, none is springing to mind. Dr. Oldman, none then. Jesse, absolutely none. Dr. Gary Oldman leads Jesse down another corridor. A woman approaches, they stop. Dr. Oldman, ah, here is one of the ward's finest now. Doctor, this is our head of gynaecological services. The woman extends her hand to introduce herself to Jesse. Rita, Dr. Rita Rita, pussy treater. Rita's hand is slapped away by Jesse. Rita steps back, hurt emotionally, not physically. Her hands are like softball mitts. Jesse, I'm sorry, Dr. Rita, but I never shake hands with a lesbian. Rita, why, you think I carry disease? Jesse, no, I think you carry gardening trowels. Jesse and Dr. Oldman continue down the hall. Rita throws the gardening trowel in her pocket into the nearest syringe bin. Cut two. Staff break room, interior, night. Dr. Louise Martins is trying to relax between shifts. She sits in the break room, building an entire trophy cabinet out of an old oak tree she cut down while camping. A naive but well-meaning colleague runs in and disturbs her. Her name, Nurse Maya Sharona. Nurse Maya, there's a woman outside. She's bleeding pretty bad. We have to help her. Dr. Martins, well, what's the matter? Bring her in. Don't leave her out in the cold like our community did to Tully from Big Brother. <laughs> Nurse Maya... I... I want to bring her in, but... But what? Oh, sorry, Dr. Martins, but what? Spit it out, child. Nurse Maya, you know her. We all do. She's high profile. Dr. Martins, oh yeah? Well, you tell Rosie to get her ass to St. fucking Helena's. She knows what she did. Nurse Maya, no, it's not Rosie. It's... it's Senator Carol DeFranco. <laughs> Dr. Martins, that right-wing religious nut job? You know this ward has a strict anti-DeFranco policy. Nurse Maya, but doctor, she's losing a lot of blood. If we could just stitch her up? Dr. Martins sighs. Dr. Martins, fine, go and get some needle and thread. Oh, and my scissors. They both giggle. Cut two. a medical supply cupboard, interior, night. Nurse Margaret Heavy and Nurse Laura Petting are involved in some pretty heavy bedding. They are kissing and hugging and touching navels, or whatever it is lesbians do that I am definitely aware of. Suddenly, Nurse Petting stops and turns away. Nurse Petting, I don't feel right. We have to stop. Nurse Heavy, why? Weren't we having a good time? Nurse Petting, we're at work. 
And anyway, we just can't. What if Jude or Patty find out? Or Biddy or Lang or Cribs? Or Stace or Kim or Lynn? Or Fat Jude? Nurse Heavy, relax, nobody indoor cricket is going to find out. I just love being with you, okay? Nurse Petting, you said the exact same thing to that hot dog you were eating yesterday. Nurse Heavy, I did not, and don't you dare call her a dog, she has a name. Nurse Petting, what is it then? Nurse Heavy, I don't know, I didn't see the back of her jersey. Light fills the room, Nurse Maya barges in, and understanding what she's interrupted, flushes with embarrassment, and she also has undiagnosed high blood pressure. Nurse Maya collects an armful of supplies in awkward silence. Nurse Heavy, Maya, just just don't tell the new boss, okay? You seen her yet? Nurse Maya, don't worry, ladies. I won't tell him. Nurse Maya exits, smiling. Nurse Heavy calls after her. Nurse Heavy, him? Maya? Maya, you better be talking about a woman called Martha him. Nurse Petting faints, but not out of shock. She just lives on a diet of aloe vera tissues. Cut to ward, canteen, interior, late night. We return to Nurse Sally Strump and Jennifer Estrogen. They sit across from each other in the canteen, both cradling styrofoam cups of Nescafe. Nurse Strump, pregnant? How did this happen? Jennifer, she says it's from swimming in Richard Wilkins' laser jet jacuzzi, but I know the semen gets cleaned out of that every day. Nurse Strump, You think she would sleep with a man behind your back? Jennifer, I don't know. We had a huge fight a while back. I stormed out, met some girl in a bar, moved in with her. Nurse Strump. That sounds serious. How long were you away? Jennifer, four hours. Nurse Strump. But is she the cheating type? Jennifer, I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why go out for hamburgers when you have sirloin steak at home? Nurse Strump. Sirloin. Jennifer, fine. Skirt. Nurse Heavy runs into the canteen and up to their table, taking down several chairs like hurdles. Nurse Trump. Margaret, what is it? Nurse Heavy. A Stephen King movie starring Tim Curry. (laughs) Nurse Trump. Nurse, please. I mean, what is the matter? Nurse Heavy. It's Fat Jude. Pause for drama. Pause for drama. Pause for drama. She's dead. Boom. First commercial break. So... So that's just a little taster of the series. FYI, after the commercials, you find out that Jude isn't dead. She just had her eyes closed. And Miranda, the uh, pregnant lady, she just had scissor salad bar for lunch because they do have some great deals. So I hope you enjoyed that. HBO, you have my digits. Decorations are hung by the fire Everybody's singing All the bells are ringing out And it's Christmas All over again Yeah, again Beck we're nearing the top of the line here at Kmart. Mm-hmm. We are about to sit on old white beard's lap. Old white beard. Old white beard. Of course, I'm talking about Ian McKellen. <laughs> God, I can't wait. It's been a great year. It's been a great year. Thank you for everyone who has listened, mm-hmm. who has rated the uh, podcast on iTunes, who has great. downloaded. I, I actually <laughs> feel like I'm having a stroke. <laughs> You're being so 
it's Christmas time. That's when all the best strokes happen. Beck, what do you want for Christmas? Um, I haven't asked anyone for anything this year. I'm just, I don't need things. You need things. I don't need things. You haven't made a list. No. Why not? I the only thing I want is for you to be happy. Me to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, so nice. So I'm never getting that. <laughs> you know, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. Oh yeah. I don't care about the presents <laughs> underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true, all I want for Christmas is...